Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are continuing our discussion of monster books this month by talking about Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nascosta. Um, this is an after dark warning. We will be talking about Minotaur hand jobs. So, um, gird your loins. We'll, we'll be talking about sex a lot in this episode. I'll start with our characters and Vicki will, um, give us a, a brief plot description. So uh, this book features Violet, who's our, our female uh, main character. She is in her early 20s, she recently graduated with a degree in art history and is working towards starting a career in her field, uh, but has had to take a job unrelated to her degree. We have Rourke, who is our main male character. He is a minotaur. He is uh, described as an earner at the milking farm, which means that he goes both uh, weekly and he uh, produces a lot of uh, semen for um, the the milking farm so he makes quite a bit of money off of it he is around 10 years older than violet he's super established in his life at this point and he has started his own business um, he's described as being very attractive and then we have galas who is violet's vampire friend this book takes place in Cambrick Creek, which is a town where humans and monsters coexist. It is surprisingly peaceful and is described as being um, in the suburbs of a, a larger town called Bridgeton. Okay. All right. So um, for our plot, Violet is a recent graduate trying to pay off her student loans and get her life started um, when she gets a job milking male minotaurs um so in this universe their semen is a key ingredient in what is essentially viagra uh, so she has an immediate connection with her first client work and her job isn't normally sexual it's clinical but with him sparks fly and soon their relationship expands outside of the milking room okay so to be honest when I first read this book, I thought that's a book about hand jobs. And I assumed that it was going to be like ridiculous and basically just wrote it off. It was really popular in, in the book groups that I'm part of. And I thought this is, this is silly. And then I read it and I just adored it. Like, yes, it's about Minotaur hand jobs, but it's like, so sweet and wholesome and I the female main character and her financial struggles were deeply relatable to me and I just loved it yes before so this is um my second read and the first time when I picked it up I was like mm, what is this gonna be I've never read a minotaur book before like what is this mm -hmm. <laughs> um 
and no it ended it's it's so sweet and i agree um violet is super relatable like i remember being fresh out of college being like i need to get a job i need to start paying back my loans you know and the feeling when i finally got a job that i had extra spending money for yes and i could be like oh i can buy myself an apple this week <laughs> like yes. you know so it was super relatable than the whole minotaur bit but yeah I mean totally uh, absolutely um I so this was a very recent experience for me I just graduated from PT school in 2019 and was I mean uh, drowning in debt just felt very overwhelmed and so that feeling of wanting to be financially independent to feel just stable to feel like just wanting to be able to buy coffee that doesn't come from the gas station and taste mostly bad. Um, extremely relatable experiences. Uh, and also that feeling that she describes later on of like having money in her account, like there being four digits in her bank account having some savings, being able to buy more than just like the generic orange juice if she wants to. All extremely relatable experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, and obviously everyone likes being able to relate to a character. So I really like that. Took me back yes. to those early 20 days where. <laughs> it took me back to like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this wasn't that long for me. Um, and it might have been nice if there was a Minotaur hand job factory around when I had graduated from physical therapy school. Yeah, I would told I would have done the job. I would have been like, yeah, sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't I there, so there are different types of donors in this. And this is where I think I would have struggled if I had, if this was around, right? Mm -hmm. Because I would probably have trouble not, like, laughing for the good little cows. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So we have the good little cows who are, like, into the kink of embracing this Minotaur thing. And then we have um, the earners who are people who, or Minotaurs, I guess, who... um, they produce a lot of ejaculate and they make a lot of money off of it. And then they have the clock watchers who are like, I have 30 minutes to do this. I'm here on my lunch break. And then they have the pop and goes who are like premature ejaculators. They come and I, I, they usually just come once or something and rarely come back. And it's more just like a, I'm going to check this out and see what it's about first. Yeah. Yeah. I think the concept of the good little cows, like the people who are fully embracing the kink of being milked, or I don't, would we call it a kink? The the experience of being milked. I think that is hysterical. I love it. I know. (laughs) They have to wear like special, um, uh, oh my gosh, the maids uh, scrubs and stuff. For uh-huh. um, the milking meat scrubs when they go into the good little cows one. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. And like the, I forget, I can't remember the like actual words that they use for like the good, but like the, the affirmations that they, they give them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, it is 
perfect. I, I do think it would be really hard to keep a straight face for some of that though. Yeah, I would, that's, that's where I would struggle. <laughs> yeah. In this job. Um, oh, here's one. You're the best, the best breeding bull in the stable. I'm going <laughs> to milk you dry. <laughs> See, there's no way I'd be able to say that with a straight face. Oh no. <laughs> I no. And so I think it's interesting. They have this discussion early on in the book when, um, when Violet is training where they explore if this type of work qualifies as sex work or not. Mm. And I, I think uh, that's a good conversation to have, right? Um, it, it kind of sets some boundaries, at least uh, for the, the employees on like what, what this is and what this is not and what the boundaries are for the employee to keep them safe, right? And mm. uh, they talk about how sometimes the, the minotaurs will um, ask them just to like lick the tip of their penis or something. And that's a boundary, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting that like it's work of a sexual nature and some folks really seem to lean into doing it for the pleasure aspects of it. But for the majority of the folks coming in, it seems like it's like, this is a part-time job for them and pleasure just happens to be a side effect. Yeah. It made me think a little bit of you know, when women were treated for hysteria and mm -hmm. made me think of that a little bit. Um, when you wrote this uh, down, like, I mean, it's sexual, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, like a clinical experience. Yeah. It's clinical. Also. Yeah. So there is minotaurs apparently expel a lot of semen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like 24 ounces of semen. That's what Rourke produces. And sometimes more. Like it moves to a second bottle yeah. one time. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That of is a lot. Fluid. How much is 24 ounces? Like, do we have a comparison? So for comparison, um, a medium sonic beverage is 16 ounces and a large is 32 ounces so if you're going halfway between a medium and a large in sonic drink sizes that's how much that is it's a lot it's a lot of fluid i do find it amusing that they get swag for being top donors yes <laughs> it's like a tote bag here's a you know <laughs> a tumbler yeah that is a i think there's a pin she gets mm -hmm. a pin at one point that she puts on, um, oh no, uh, a medium sonic drink is 20 ounces, not 16. A small is 14 ounces, but a large is 32. So slightly over, I mean, that's still a lot of fluid. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Yeah, she gets a, he, he gets a t-shirt and he's like doing yard work in it. And Violet is just so, I mean, amused mm -hmm. um and they joke about it he's like since she started working his uh no and they get like he got lube that's part of his tier three rewards oh, i think yeah. i just love the whole concept of this <laughs> i think it's hysterical i mean just the whole premise is hysterical to me but i love that they're like rewards it reminds me of like um 
when you were a kid and you did fundraisers and you would get like rewards for collecting so much money or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 24 ounces is just so much. I just am so like bodily fluids kind of freak me out anyway. And so when Rourke and Violet do have sex, she talks about wanting to be filled with all of the, and oh, that's just, there is, there is not that capacity in a vagina. No, well, they mention it and he pulls out and it like all comes out like a, like a geyser. Yeah. It like gushes out. I'm oh. so troubled by that. <laughs> I love that his um, sheets are like water resistant yeah and then the fact that this town or that there's some company out there that makes an enzyme to break it all down if that they come in the yes. shower <laughs> like yeah that's just i love those little details that have been added in there <laughs> yeah i mean for reference like average human ejaculate is like a tablespoon <laughs> And even then, that seems like a lot. Yeah. Or teaspoon, tablespoon. Yeah. 1.5 mils to 5 mils. That's. That seems like a, a, a mess with the human. Can you? I mean, she talks about needing two or three towels to clean it up. And I'm thinking, like, is that enough? <laughs> I would just hop in the shower. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would lay down like rubber sheeting or plastic sheeting. Be like, okay, <laughs> we'll just throw it away when we're finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise you're doing a lot of laundry. Yeah. Well, they said they had two separate bins, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For the, the, um, the semen sheets and the regular clothes. At least. So I don't know what book it was. I read it was a while ago, but like, so there's so much semen and this is not how anything works but it like bloats her stomach oh and no. then they like push down on her stomach stop it <laughs> so no. bad it was like no it was not yeah well those orc books oh the semen is like nourishing there are a couple of other like drinking it this is not my this is not my jam I don't I don't want to like yuck anyone's yum if you are super into semen and bodily fluids like more power to you I I cannot yeah I cannot it's, it's so much okay well what would you so in a monster one monster book that I read they their semen like tastes like chocolate or something or bubble like you know it has good flavors what about that uh it would depend on the texture okay like the texture chocolate melt texture i i would consider it okay. if it was like human this is a weird conversation to be having if it was like human <laughs> semen but it tasted like chocolate it would still be a no for me right texture Ugh. It's the texture. This is no, I just can't. 
Oh, and I think in part, it's like, we both have an aversion to like sticky things and mess. And that's where this comes in. Yeah. Yeah. This is sticky and messy. And it's just so like, the only thing I can think of when I read it in the book then is like shower, go shower. Yep. Like go do that. But then they just like lay around in it. Like, no. Why? Yeah. It just kind of like, cause you know, sometimes you want to like bask in like the post glow, you know? Oh yeah. And you can't, at least I, I, I can't enjoy that if all of that is involved. No. You know, like that. That's, that is when you get the washcloth. Yes. Washcloth. Well, you wouldn't, you would get a hand towel. <laughs> Vicky doesn't have washcloths <laughs> unless you have purchased some since I was last at your house. No, because I use a loofah. Why do we need? That was so funny. And you were so polite about it. You're... Before you come visit me again, I'm going to have to like st- buy. I'm just going to buy like a ridiculous amount of washcloths and then I'll leave them uh-huh. on the bed for you. There we go. There we go. Like, Here are your washcloths. <laughs> okay (laughs) (laughs) that was that was quite a tangent yes but it was a good one I will never ever 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 let you (laughs) forget about your washcloth situation okay anyway (laughs) um oh so I had trouble picturing like this setup sort of she compared it to a massage chair so then that's what I had to use to like in my picture so it was basically like a massage chair with a hole cut in it mm-hmm. I pictured like a glory hole type of situation yeah she mentions bench but I'm like mm-hmm. so are they on like there's like a place for their hooves yeah also, the setup with the uh, milking device mm-hmm. sounds interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I love how dedicated Violet is to doing <laughs> a good job at at this. Like, I find it also very relatable. Literally go to therapy because of my achievement issues. Um, so when she's taking notes and describing watching the videos, like the training videos a billion times, I'm like, yes, I understand this failure to prepare or yeah. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Totally get it. Sister. Um, she takes notes. She's like walking around with her, with her little like notebook and pen jotting down some things about giving hand jobs. (laughs) Hey, you get better tips. You get better tips. And I love, she ends up having to train a new girl at one point. And she is so bothered when she's training the new girl because she's bad at hand jobs. And she's like, did you watch the videos? And the girl's like, yeah, they were weird. And Violet's like, listen, I really think you need to watch the videos again because you are not good at this. Um, she, it's just like a subpar hand job. Like she just gives it a, gives it a couple of tugs and then puts the little milking thing on it. Mm-hmm. And she, she thinks that she relies too heavily on the, the milking device. Yeah. Um, what does Rourke call her? Something to Sally. 
uh was it stiff hand sally maybe something like that anyway i thought that um, was fun. yeah she doesn't use enough lube or something he's like i nope. left chafed and she's rough he's like she might she almost circumcised me <laughs> um, yeah um stiff grip sally oh, i thought okay. she circumcised me at one point stiff grip <laughs> sally um speaking of circumcision Okay, so uh, I have read books in the past where the male main character is uncircumcised. The only one that I can think of right now that is sticking with me is the Puck series by Helena Hunting and specifically the first book with Alex Waters um, because the main character calls it a snuffy. She calls it his snuffleupagus and she like uses at one point she make like make, uh, make faces <laughs> okay. you remember yes because I relate <laughs> so the, okay so that's the only time I remember seeing another book where they actually talk about the male main character being uncircumcised um this is the first time I think I've run into a situation where the, like there are sexual things related to circum uncircumcised penis like the actual descriptions of it which was super super hot Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would 100% enjoy seeing more of this happening. Yeah. In books. Yeah. Cause she says like, she like puts her pinky under it or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that was in this book that was really hot that like, I just feel we don't get enough of like is um the the moans that he makes right she mentions that he moans and groans and stuff like when he tries not to and the slight thrusting that he does mm-hmm. and then she's like oh that's like that was hot it was super hot it's just hot yes the way so she describes him like lowing mm-hmm. when he comes um which i never thought would be an exciting thing for me uh but here we are lowing um was super hot and I so I had like really odd feelings about how aroused I was by this book first of all the setup for it was kind of different um because we don't like it's not traditional like characters meet there's romance they have sex that it's like characters meet in like a work-related setting that involves some sexual but non like clinical sexual activity um and so this whole time when a Violet is working with Rourke, she's like, don't be aroused. Don't be aroused. Don't be aroused. And she is like, she can't help it. She, there's chemistry. She is aroused by him. And then she goes home and like furiously masturbates. <laughs> and so I feel like this book presented like a unique reading experience because her scenes with him where she's at work, they're so hot that they're like not supposed to be. And maybe that's part of it. It's like forbidden. Yeah, that forbidden type of I shouldn't be aroused by this. It's just a work thing. And she's not aroused when she's doing it with other Minotaurs. It's just with Rourke. And so maybe that's part of what makes his scenes like so hot. Um, but I had like really odd feelings also, but about how aroused I was by this book because I don't like I've read monster books up to this point, but they've been about creatures that don't have like a real life analog, like gargoyles. Like there's not a, 
there's not a real life comparison for gargoyles. Like nobody's going out jacking off statues, right? <laughs> to write that book though. I assume. I don't maybe they are. I don't know. You do you. Um, or like when the soul eater, like it's a literal monster from another universe. The aliens, like the, yeah. Okay. Well, the aliens don't really count, but like when the soul eater, like that's not a thing. And so, but or dragons. Um, and so it's weird to think because the analog for this is going to be for us like a bull, right? And so it's weird to think of, I don't know, I, like bulls in a sexual way. I don't know. I had like weird type of dissonant feelings happening as I was reading this look, book. Like I'm aroused, but like, is it weird that I'm aroused by this? And then it's like, do, do I care? No. Don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, how many like reviews does this book have with people loving? Oh, it? like I'm, thousands. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure of that. <clears throat> so it's it's not a, an isolated experience, and it's not meant to be. Like that is why she wrote this book. So yeah, yeah like you said, um, it's set up so differently from other books. It being a because it's sort of like a slow burn and a fast burn, but instead of the slow burn being leading up to them. Uh, having sexual interactions it's a slow burn of them meeting and developing emotional attachments in their relationship and I liked that because it's kind of backwards and it was yeah yeah it was interesting and then he even work is even like nope we're gonna stop all the sexual stuff you know I'm not gonna go to the melting farm mm -hmm. he takes it slow with her because he wants her to know that it's not just about sex to him mm -hmm. so yeah He's such a sweetheart. He is really sweet and thoughtful and caring. I'm just a, like, he's so good. Mm -hmm. I love his character. Yeah. And Violet gets so frustrated because she's been giving him <laughs> hand jobs for months. Um, <laughs> and they finally start dating and she wants to fuck. And he's like, nope, mm -hmm. we're going to take things slow. She says, um, it says Violet, Violet was certain she was going to perish from terminally unmet sex expectations. Like Violet has dick fever friends. Mm. <laughs> and Rourke is so like, I want you to know that I value for you, value you for more than just like sexual purposes. And I think you're special and you're important to me. Um, and Violet's like, yes to all of those things, but. Please suck me. Yes. I want to go to Pound Town. Please take me there. <laughs> he me or she mentioned she's like, tonight I'm just going to lock myself in his place. Yes. <laughs> like, it's happening. Yes. Yeah. That scene. Vampire friend give her a Brazilian wax on her kitchen table. It sounds like he won't be able to resist me. <laughs> yeah, and then she doesn't wear underwear. That scene was really hot in the restaurant. Oh my gosh! I love how she specifically picks that restaurant so they have to sit next to each other and like she or uh, organizes the whole thing. Yes. Well, in her description of him, like realizing that she's not wearing underwear, was like it's. It is very spicy. Mm -hmm. It is. It is very nice. Um. 
Yeah, that's really nice. Let's come back and talk about the sex in just a second. But I really like all of the descriptions of the town that they're in, Cambrick Creek. Yeah, I picture like this idyllic town um, with uh, sort of like from the Stepford Wives almost, Mm -hmm. you know, like this perfect little town. They're just monsters and stuff and humans just chilling. Yeah, well, I think of like Stars Hollow, right? Yeah, yeah. Like everyone is just like very friendly. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's kind of in everybody's business. It's just nice. Yeah, I picture idyllic, probably in Connecticut. I don't know. Just everybody's really cute. Yes. I love seeing flashes kind of into the other, like, or lead-ins to the other books. So, as we know, the next book is a Mothman book. hmm Which I read. Yeah. Not, I, I didn't find it. I liked this one more, but. Yeah, I did too. It was still really cute. Um, yeah. I just really, oh, I love, I, Violet's character, I think, was more relatable to me than mm-hmm. the character in the second book. So I just really loved this story. Yeah. Um. So Violet mentions seeing the Mothman with his human counterpart. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name. And I love that every time I was like, oh, oh. I know who you are. Uh-huh. Hey, hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> like when they say the name of the movie in the movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I hope that uh, the book, the third book in the series is about one of the werewolves. Um, I hope that we eventually get a story about Galus her vampire friend me too because she talks about her crazy work antics and byron who's a uh, she basically thinks he's an idiot but her Mm -hmm. boss um is really clever and so she she talks about them and she talks about the place that she works which sounds like interesting like she drains people of their blood and then they congeal it and turn it into like aspects and some other dishes which sounds really disgusting to me but whatever vampires got a vampires got a vampire um I I really enjoyed her character she sounded very funny so I would like to see a story for her I would as well so like the first time that uh, Violet meets Galus is in a, a coffee shop and they're talking about their jobs and stuff. And she um, she talks about humans coming to Cambridge Creek to get dicked down basically by monsters. <laughs> yep. And she says, deep down, it's every girl's fantasy to be fucked by the big bad wolf. Um, their whole first conversation with each other was great. She talks about getting double penetrated by a snake man whose name you can't pronounce and she just sounds like she would be a great friend to have <laughs> yes amusing mm-hmm. as well yeah Rourke is like so naughty you talk about and wanting to have a, a point of view chapter from him mm-hmm. I've gotten so spoiled with those so I would have liked just like one chapter either like from maybe when he first meets her or when he 
she's missing, right? Because she leaves for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I would like to one like something like that, you know, mm-hmm. just one. Yeah, just one. Or like when he runs into her in the coffee shop, yeah. and she thinks that he has a wife or a girlfriend, and he she says that she's meeting someone for a, like a lunch date, and he's mm-hmm. like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like some type of internal monologue when he is being milked yes there's that one scene where it's when she gets more than one bottle out of him mm-hmm. and he goes i feel like i should have paid for that that would have been a good time to have like a point of view for him oh but it's really nice though i mean it's not like there's not like a huge age gap it's like a 10 year age gap mm-hmm. but what I like is that they do kind of explore a little bit of like the power dynamic that's different or the financial dynamics that are different with where they're at in life because he's established and he runs his business and it's so successful. And um, she's like just kind of getting started. Mm-hmm. And so like they go on a date and she <laughs> takes money to pay for her part because she, you know, she's trying to do the, the feminist thing. And he's like, I'm in a place to spoil you. Um, financially, I can do this and I want to do this. So you can keep your money and I'm going to take care of you, which I think is really nice. Yes, he spoils her. And that actually leads into the conversation with him saying she's in control um, mm-hmm. and he gives a straight speech. Yes. I think you have it in here. I do. It's one of my favorite quotes and I can go ahead and say it now. He says, I don't want you to feel like you don't have any agency here. I might be the one giving you all of the orders, but you hold all of the cards. Your comfort is the only thing that counts right now. And if I overstep, I want you to tell me. So I love that. He's just laying it out there. Like you have the control here. You have the power. If you don't want us to see each other, it's fine. If you want me to stop coming to your work, it's fine. I love that because I mean, like he's a giant Minotaur man also, and she's a tiny human lady. Um, but there's like some power dynamics and some age gap things and some financial things going on. And so I love that he's like, you're not beholden to me for anything. If you want this, I'm good with it. If you don't, I'm good with it too. It is all up to you. That is so, I mean, that's, to me, that is super sexy. Yes. I agree. The whole, and I love the whole, like, I'm giving orders, but you can tell me no thing Mm -hmm. too. I just, yes. Consent is sexy. Consent is sexy. Talking about boundaries is sexy. Mm -hmm. Making her feel safe and comfortable. That is sexy. I love that. I love it. And then that also leads to, um, so this coming back to that scene where they're in the restaurant and she's not got on any underwear and she's ready to go. Um, Oh, he's so, he says, he says, I'll take care of this pretty little pussy anytime you want, sweetheart. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) Heavens. He says something up. She says, like, you said that you were going to spoil me. And he says, um, Hold on, let me find it because I highlighted it because golly damn. He says, did you think that meant I wasn't going to spoil this pussy? Oh my, oh my. The only thing I had a problem with with his his dirty talk 
was he calls her vagina is she and i'm like i don't particularly like that which i never really realized before until i read this and i was like oh it like took me out of it i don't know something about it being like him referring to it kind of as like a separate entity to mm -hmm. her i didn't but he only does it like twice so it was fine i got over it pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did not even notice that um until i i saw you note about it but i oh gosh rourke i mean he's very naughty he talks about, um, you know, how eating her pussy is going to be like his new favorite meal. Like, I just, I appreciate the enthusiasm for oral sex here. Um, but also I, when they do finally have sex, it's spectacular because he's so caring. He's so focused on making sure that she is satisfied. Um, he talks about how she's going to come first. He talks about how important it's going to be for her to be lubricated enough that night when they go to the restaurant, he's like, I am fully on board with this, but when we have sex for the first time, it's not going to be at your house. Like I can barely fit in this space. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to tear your bed apart with my hooves. If we do this in this situation, like he, he sets the groundwork for it to be an enjoyable experience for both. Like he's thinking about it. He's not just trying to get laid. Um, He's focusing on making sure that she's lubricated enough and lax enough to take his giant bull cock. And so it's just, it's hot in part because he's so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Yep. I also really appreciate, and I think it's hysterical when she mentions trying to figure out how to give him a blow job because he has a giant penis yes. and- so she talks and I feel like this is like in all of the romance books, the female main character is deep throating. Like, can we please get a female main character with a gag reflex? Mm -hmm. Please. And so we have that with this character. Um, she tries to, cause she's seen the videos because everyone in the videos can deep throat and so she's seen the videos and she's like trying and she's gagging on his penis and he starts gagging and is like stop 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 <laughs> I think it's just a cute like very real moment yes I so you said like in other books right they're always like able to magically deep throat I read a couple where they weren't but it was just like they started gagging. Then the guy is just like, gives them some encouragement, like stick your tongue out or like swallow. And then all of a sudden, relax oh, your throat. Like, yeah, what is, that that a, is that a thing? Are there people out there that are like, well, okay. Let, like, what does that mean? Let's, I, let's get like Zen in the throat area. Like, mm -hmm. this is not a thing. <laughs> I don't know what group it was that I'm in, but somebody was like, oh, you could try like throat numbing spray i feel like that's dangerous yes that was the response <laughs> like don't do that um because i'm trying to think because there are supposed to be like other distractions and i learned this from you because when we were talking about i think snorkeling um mm -hmm. about pressure point in between your thumb and your index mm -hmm. finger yeah pressing that to distract you from it I don't know yeah yeah I I want to say we looked up how to deep throat for a podcast for one of our episodes yeah yeah we did that's right 
Yes. And so I like the suggestions were like practice with a banana. Like, can we just normalize that? Not everyone can take a giant cock down their throat mm-hmm. and I'll let people have their gag reflexes because as someone who gags, like just brushing their teeth in the morning, this is not ever going to be a thing that I'm doing. <laughs> I, so I like seeing this from a character perspective. I mean, that's like saying to anyone, like, just relax. Like, if I could just relax, <laughs> would we have any problems? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, calm down. Like, telling a person to calm down when they are not calm does nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the opposite of calm. Yeah, you're just going to make me less calm make me even angrier yes telling me to relax my throat i'm gonna be like i don't you like- relax your throat let me shove this down your throat and yes. relax yes <laughs> <laughs> just relax yeah yeah <laughs> follow like you can't even breathe but okay okay sure sure yeah um <laughs> oh Anyway, anyway, uh, Violet and Rourke are super sweet. I like how she, so as their relationship progresses, you know, up to this point, her mom has been like, I want you to move home, mm-hmm. um, leave the city, come back and live with us. We miss you. And this whole time she's been like desperately trying to seek independence on her own, which I feel like is a relatable struggle. You know, there's a ton of people in our age group, myself included, who are still living with their parents for financial reasons. And so that that desperate struggle for independence again is just a relatable experience but I love how after she and Rourke have been together for a while she's like yeah um I'd like you to meet my boyfriend he's a a minotaur and I think you'll really like him uh I think anytime you introduce someone new to your parents it's like anxiety inducing but when that person is like a different species I feel like maybe there would be more anxiety that goes with that. Also very much wondering about the biomechanics associated with pregnancy. So also I would really like to know, this isn't ever discussed, but I would love to know how much they get paid for donating their semen. Right. Like they talk about at one point, the earners, Violet's giving people suggestions for like semen production at, at some point. Mm, they talk about yes, and something else. But she she talk, they talk about how like they're paying for college with this, and I like how much y'all getting paid. It's a pharmaceutical industry. Pro- I'm sure they get paid a lot. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm curious about it. Um. I think it's interesting that, you know, they explore how having an interspecies relationship isn't all sunshine and roses. She talks with her neighbor or she, uh, Violet talks with Rorick's neighbor, who mm. is an elf and is dating an orc. Um, and they, they have like a little discussion about the roadblocks that they run into. 
Violet eventually does get a job using her degree and she she decides to keep working at the milking farm twice a week and we get a happily ever after for our characters which is just so lovely because they're lovely characters. I would like an update mm-hmm. on where they're at. Like an epilogue or can I get a novella? A short story where maybe they like get married or they move in together or their families meet or something. Yes, I would love to see that. I would love to see the families meet. They could tie it into a wedding. The families meet for the wedding. Yeah. It could be done like that. At the farm in the second book yep. with the Mothman. There you go. We could pull all of our characters together. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, going talking about families. Why do you think your parents' reaction would be if you introduced that this was you? If I introduced them to a Minotaur man? Yeah, and it's like, this is my boyfriend. Okay, so our... Our monster, like our yes, our monsters monster, are real. It's this exact monsters same are real. Scenario. Okay, yeah. it's this it's, scenario. It's this scenario. How would my my parents would probably be alarmed? <laughs> I think they would come around to it eventually. It would just it's been like this with everything that I have introduced with them. You know, I really think that I'm going to toot my own horn here. I'm to credit for a lot of the progress that my parents have made in their like progressive thinking. Mm-hmm. Like I went to a liberal arts college. I brought home a gay man. Mm-hmm. I got caught drinking. I I really think that my siblings owe me a debt of gratitude for making their lives a little bit easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it goes, right? Is, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that if I brought home a Minotaur man, my parents would be alarmed. <laughs> they would eventually warm to the idea. And then life would be easier for everyone younger than me. <laughs> what do you think your parents would do? I feel like my dad would just be like, whatever. Yeah. And my mom would either, she'd probably be like, I just want to make sure you're safe, you know, like that everything mm-hmm. is safe. Either that, or she'd be like, is that why you moved away to that town? To go meet somebody? <laughs> You're like, of course, Vicky. Of course, this is what happens. <laughs> she would have had one of those two reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else we want to say about the story? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then in that case, I've already said my favorite quote. Do you want to say yours? Sure. Um. So my quote is from like the last paragraph i think of the whole story but it's a if you love each other and are good together then it's worth it and i just like that what i like is this qualifier here the are good together mm-hmm. because so many times it's like if you love each other it's worth it but like no love can't just sustain a relationship oh no. so i don't like, yeah mm-hmm. i don't know who did like made that a thing because mm-hmm. i so when i was young i broke up with someone mm-hmm and I was really heavily in it. I was very young, but I was very heavily into the Beatles at that time. And um, the person that I broke up with was like, 
um but you like the Beatles and they have that song like all you need is love and I was like even at 18 I was like no that's not true Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a song yeah yeah so I I liked that qualifier in there because you don't see that too much no no and I think that that's an important thing to emphasize as well love is a is a good thing um but it can't be the only thing Mm-hmm. I really I mean I just I saw this book described as a wholesome smut and I really appreciate that as like a genre even the author in the dedication or whatever of the book is she gives like a shout out to the Hallmark channel it's like make a paranormal romance the people want it like, absolutely the people do want it like it's it's sweet the characters are all sweet. There's not like a huge point where there's enormous conflict with our characters, right? Mm-hmm. There's no big betrayal or thing like that that they have to get over. It's just a really sweet, wholesome story with fantastic sex in it. Give the people what they want, Hallmark. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now they're going to keep their white business lady who works in busy city mm-hmm. goes to small town to take rough white males to farm away from him only mm-hmm. to discover the magic of christmas yes and love small town yes mm-hmm. i mean that's like an amazing trope and i love it <laughs> oh yeah i yeah. love the hallmark movies i know exactly what's gonna happen when i watch one mm-hmm It would just be nice if there was maybe a little more representation. Yes, definitely. Or like a lot more representation. <laughs> like any representation at all. They're doing they're doing a little bit better than they were. They've had some people of color in their movies and they had a gay Christmas story last year. So mm. they're doing a little bit better. It was the sides there were side characters that were gay, but they're doing like a, a tiny little bit better than they were but they could do more <laughs> they could do a lot more mm-hmm. um yeah all right well um i think that's everything yeah mm-hmm. all right well then that wraps up morning glory milking farm by cm nascosta um we uh, Hope you join us next time. We'll be discussing Luxuria by Colette Rhodes. That'll be our last monster romance for this month. And we thank you for your time and listening to us today. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.